Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. Um, But this morning, something happened and I, so well, okay, let me start back over. So yesterday I started thinking like, what are we going to talk about on Friday? That's usually like the day before I start just, I don't really overthink it too much. And I don't ever really plan anything. I just kind of ask that question. I throw it out to God and I see if I hear something back. And if I don't hear something back, like this immediate, like, Ooh, say this, I'll be like, okay, I don't know yet. And then just kind of like release the thought and go about my day. I do know though, that if I don't spend time growing and learning. I have a harder time doing the calls because I'm like, what are we going to talk about? So I was told two years ago to just share what I'm learning. And so as long as I keep learning, I continue to have things to share about. And so if you are doing something in your brand, like you're trying to build something based on who you are. Like if your brand is helping parent, helping parents be um, gentler parents, or you're helping people learn how to homeschool, or you're just inspiring moms or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Obviously we all have a brand, whether we're showing up on Instagram and saying we have one, our brand is really just our identity of who we are, what we care about, what we're passionate for, what we stand for. And it's not just like throwing things out there like, yeah, I could do these things. It's like, I have done the work to figure this out and I know what I'm not. And I've been through trauma and I've healed. And that is how you are like, this is my brand. This is who I'm broken for. This is who I'm showing up for. So you have to do a lot of like the groundwork first, but once you do it, you then have a brand. So if you're trying to show up online I want you to know, and just to keep this simple thought in the back of your head, that as long as you keep learning and you keep doing, and you keep growing in who you are, you will always have content and things to share. It will just naturally happen. You will always have topics for podcasts. You will always know what post is going to come next or little quotes you want to share or messages you want to like lessons you want to teach it will happen. So if you ever feel stuck, one, you might not be totally on your path yet. You might think you're on this path. Like I thought that my path was network marketing and like, this is who I was. And it just like, something didn't seem right. I'm like, what is this? And then I was like, is this it over here? Am I going to be a life coach? And then I was like, is this it? Like, I don't know. It just feels. And then when I started teaching people about God And I started teaching people what the word says and why we feel so bad. It was like, oh, I just like fell and like sunk in and just like went like there was no friction. It's like a train, a little toy train on a track. If it's like just off a little bit, it's still like kind of like doesn't go like it should or it will like go and then fall off or like go a little bit and fall off. It's the exact same thing. And it's like your train just gets on track and is able just to go. 
And it's like, you can't stop that train. Like you can't stop the ideas from coming. You can't stop creating content. You can't stop doing what you're learning and teaching. So just a little like encouragement. If you feel like your, your track isn't lined up perfectly, pray about it and journal about it and keep asking yourself over and over the question of like, is this where I'm supposed to be? And you'll, you'll say no right away in your head. Like that thought will come up like, no, it's not like, I just feel like something's off. You'll just know, but you won't know what it is, but that's okay because it's not up to you to know what it is. You just need to continue to move forward in your life. Stop trying to analyze it. Stop trying to, well, I need to solve this because if I don't solve this, then I'm not going to make money. And if I don't make money, then I can't keep doing this. I, I can't put food on the table. I can't pay my bills. So a lot of times I will tell people to go and, well, two things, to either go and get a job, to take your stress off of something you're trying to create and build, um, or before you go run out and get a job, analyze your finances and spend a lot of time there and see what you're spending money on that you actually don't need to be spending money on. And I'm not saying like, do things that you don't want to do. Like if you love, love, love that someone comes and cleans your house, like I do, I like joke around and say all the time that I would rather lose my house than lose my cleaner. Like, I was like, if I don't have a cleaner, I don't even want a house. Like, Lord, just kidding. Don't take my house away. But I, you know, I love that. I'm like, no, like that. And I have a lot of like pain and stuff like that, that I deal with. So cleaning my house, isn't just for me, like, oh, I have to clean. Like I actually love cleaning and organizing, but it's so hard on my body that it takes me days and then it takes me days to recover. So it's like just not even worth it for me. So I'm not saying like these, these luxuries that we have or like go down to beans and rice, like Dave Ramsey says in Financial Peace University, which is a really good program, by the way, to go through. A lot of local churches teach it. There's a lot of online stuff. Um, the abbreviation that he goes by is FPU. So look into it if you want to like really get a grip on your finances in a biblical sense. That's what they teach. Dave Ramsey is the guy. So anyway, maybe you don't need to go down to beans and rice, like he says, and go down to this minimalistic living of, you know, nothing. But let me just tell you, there are a lot of things that you will find, especially if you've been avoiding your finances. There are a lot of things that you will find when you start to pay attention to them that it was on my bucket list forever, Terry. And like I'm forever to have someone clean my house. And I feel you. I really do. Like, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> That's a perfect scenario pops up. Um, but sorry, that was like squirrel. I feel like I just had to say that because that was, I remember being like, if I could just have someone clean my house, I'll like, that'll just be like the best thing that could ever happen. It would just be amazing. Um, so in order to attract more money, in order for money to want to hang out with you, in order to grow in a business, like money is all around. We do need money for a lot of things. We can't just say like, oh, I don't, I don't need money. It's fine. No, we do need money for things. And if you want to start a business, you'll probably have to make some investments 
But before you go run out and get a job and just busy yourself even more, look in your bank account at what you're spending money on, write it down, type it out on an Excel sheet, write it down. If you do not have, if I were to come to you and say, show me a list of all of your expenses for the month. And if you don't already have one done, then you're already behind. Like you should, and I'm speaking from experience because I just, I was horrible with money and I, my dad was raised where he didn't have any money at all. They were like dirt poor, lived on a farm. He had to, he raised pigs, raised cows, sold them, gave the money to his parents, like started working when he was 13 years old, shoveling snow and paying bills for his parents. Like he was a hard worker and he was just, I will help out the family. And he was raised by two incredible people. But then when he grew up, and he had kids, he was like, I just don't want them to go without anything. And so the answer was always yes. And it was, do you need more? Do you need more? He was very blessed in what he did for work. And it was just whatever you need, here you go. But then what happened to me is then I grew up with this like sense of just money literally comes on trees. And it was really hard for me. I like, didn't know how to pay bills. I would be like, well, I only have $300 left. Well, I'll just like not pay my cell phone. I'll just not pay my cell phone. Like it, they gave it like a month before they even turn it off. So like, that'll buy me more time. And then I have this money and I can go out to eat this week and I can like go to the bar and I can like, that was my set. So I would just like get a credit card maxed out. I'm like, I'll never have to pay that. Like all these, I had like no concept. So it really messed me up. So I, then when I got married, my husband is very financially sound, bless his heart for dealing with me. But like, I wouldn't even talk about money. Like, he'd be like, would you spend $37 at the gas station on? And he would be just asking. And I would be like, defense. Like, I don't know. Like, why do you, like, I can't spend money at the gas station. Like, I would just get an attitude and it would, he'd be like, okay. Like, I guess so he just started tiptoeing around it because he didn't want to start a huge fight with me. And then it would get so out of hand and we would have to talk about it. I mean, this happened for years. We used to have Sunday night budget night. And it wasn't like budget night. Like it was literally like the day that I dreaded all week. Like I dreaded Sunday night when we had to talk about finances. I hid from it. And then once I finally started looking at what we were spending money on, not we, me, what I was spending money on and where I could cut back, I couldn't even believe the amount of money that we were just blowing on things that like didn't even matter. It wasn't like my dream house cleaner. It was like $8 here, $11 here, $7 here, $14 here, $31 here. Like all of these places like Target, Starbucks, McDonald's, Kroger, like just all these random things, Amazon, 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 Amazon. You know, he's like, what? There's 13 charges for Amazon on here in a row. Like, what did you buy? I'm like, well, we needed greens and, and Skylar needed her new vitamin. And I'm trying out this new waist trainer and he's like well I'm like I need the waist trainer okay I need to like shape my sides before the summer like and like so like this is all the things that I'm doing and it's like I kept complaining like I don't have enough money to invest in my business that I'm trying to grow I I'm not making enough money in my business that I'm trying to get started which is not even like to the step yet where I could receive money like, I'm like, I need money from this business. Like perfect example right now. Like I like know what I will do to get money, 
but I'm not at the point to receive money. Like I know that I'm building this new course, but I can't be down on myself for not making money on this course when I'm not even selling it. It's not even being, so it's not even like, oh, the videos aren't recorded. I don't have it outlined. I like none of that stuff. So you can't beat yourself up, but you're thinking if I just had more money, it would be so much better. It has nothing to do with that. And if you can look at your finances and like put your pride aside and do this on your own, you can not on your own with God, you can't do it on your own, but you do it with God. And you're like, okay, I'm ready. It's not like, it's not like someone's forcing you to quit something. You're doing it because you're ready. Like I was a smoker when my husband met me and he hated smokers. Like he was like, ew, like you smoke, but he still dated me. So I was like, I'm like, this is who I am. You're not going to change me. And so for years, he tried to get me to quit smoking and he would like throw my pack of cigarettes out the window. He would take it out of my hand and break it. He would, you know, all these things and would be like, ew, ew. I'm glad that there's other smokers here too. Um, and if you still smoke, this isn't like hating on you. Like, you know, you do you. But I remember like he just so bad was like, quit, quit, quit. And I would try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. And then the one time that I wanted to quit, that I was like, I'm done. And it wasn't because I got pregnant. Cause like I did that too. Like I would get pregnant, quit smoking for nine months, be like never picking it back up. Three months later, here I am like hitting someone's cigarette. Then I'm bumming full cigarettes. And then I'm bumming a couple of cigarettes. Now I'm buying a pack that I'm only smoking on the weekends. And now I'm smoking them all the time because I'm stressed out. And then here I am back to full-blown smoking. Okay, this is like the pattern, right? Even if you're trying to like quit eating crappy food, you're like, okay, I'm not buying it anymore. We're only buying spinach, Brussels sprouts, red peppers. You know, I have like every single thing from my cart is from the produce section. Get home. I'm like, have all these intentions to do it. I like only have healthy food at home. So that's what I'm eating. But then I like go out to eat and I eat something bad. Or I stop at the gas station and pick up a snack. And now I'm purchasing and buying stuff in my own home. And now the majority of my cart is from the middle aisles of the store and not from around the outsides. And so you just slowly like go back into your routine. So if you're trying to save money, you're at first like, we're not spending any money on anything. And then you slowly start, oh, but look, this was on sale. And look, but, but Hobby Lobby like never has this on sale. And, but we needed this on Amazon. And then all of a sudden you're buying all the things that you don't need, bathing suits, and you're looking for dresses for your trip in August. And it's like, now you're just like going crazy. So this is like anything in our life. This is what we do. We're wired like this. This is the human design. This is how we are. We want to do better, but it's so dang hard to do. And so if you're reaching thinking money's going to fix this, money's going to fix this. If I had more money, I could buy more materials to do more videos so that my brand would grow. If I had more money, I could hire a babysitter so I could work more and I could put my course up. If I had more money, I could hire a publisher who would help me write my book. It's always like money is the key to whatever it is. But instead of thinking, okay, I need to get another job or I need more money, look and see where can I just cut? Because you will be blown away at the things that you're spending money on. In the, in the book that I was reading, they have you take an inventory of like all of your stuff. That's why I said you should have an Excel sheet or you should have it written down. Like these are my monthly expenses. 
And to start, the easiest way to do this is to go into your bank account and go from the beginning of the month and start writing down every single transaction that came out of your bank. And you can make a side for bills. Um, bills for us also include like groceries and gas. Those are all like things to like live. Also, we put like money in our school lunch accounts. So that's like a bill. Um, you know, like anything like that will go on the bill side. And then the other side is like every other thing that's on there. Like if I stop and get coffee, if we go to Target, if we take the kids to the movies, if we go up north, like all of those expenses are over here. What worked for us is we had to separate those accounts because what I was doing was spending, we had money in here for bills, but this is also the same card that I'm like, coffee, Target, new shoes, Amazon. So it would affect, and it would be like, well, it says there's $800 in there. Well, there's actually not because a $780 bill is about to clear. There's only 20 and now you just spent 60. And so this would create, this goes back to like, this is the trigger. This is what was triggering a lot of stress in my life because this is what would happen. And then I was wondering why my husband and I were so far apart and we were like drifting in opposite directions. I was wondering why he felt or he seemed so unloving towards me and, and I couldn't get it. And so going back and realizing like, this is the trigger. How can we fix this problem? Like, this is the problem. How can we fix this? If we fix this, everything else goes away. And so for us, I was like, why don't we just use two separate bank accounts? We have a bills account that only bills get paid out of in there. We know how much it is going to be at the beginning of every single month. We need X amount of dollars in here to pay all of our bills for the month. And then the other card is like the other money. And we put ourselves on a budget. Like we can survive at X amount of dollars for the week. And this is all this stuff over here. And so when I went in there though, to like take inventory and to look, there were so many things that I was wasting money on. And you will notice too, not only like, oh yeah, I forgot that I'm paying Apple music $9.99 per month and I don't even use it anymore. Not like that, but like, you're paying for things that you're not even thinking that you're doing. Like I was paying for two audible subscriptions for a year and a half. Audible was coming out two times a month and I didn't even know. And an audible subscription is $14 and 99 cents per month. $15 times 18 months is a lot of money that I was just throwing out the window. And you'll look, most people, when they do this, this is what they notice. They're like, I didn't even realize that there's this app on my phone that's taking $3.99 out of my account every single month. Or like me, I was like, why do I have a Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes Music subscription? Three of them. <laughs> like, I pay like $40 a month for these three. Like, who needs that many things? And it's just because I was ignoring and I wasn't paying attention to it. And here I am thinking, why is money not coming to me? Why am I not making more money? And God's saying, it's not making more money that you need. It's learning how to treat the money you have is what you need to start doing. And then it will start to come. Um, yeah, you guys have so many stories, I'm sure, of things like that. Tracy just said, I had that happen with Netflix. We somehow had two accounts for the last year. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Canva pro. I have no idea how to use it and never used it. Mm -hmm. And you're at one point you were like, oh, I need this. I want this picture like upgrade. And then it's just like running in the background. Um, things too, like once I, I, it was like $2,500, I think to run my network marketing business and for like everything I was doing for like events and my branding coach and I had all this stuff. And when I left the industry, there were things for like five months, literally, I just, I left in August, just last month in February, I was like, why am I still paying for this stuff? So many things that just like blew. I'm like, I just wasted so much money, so much money. Like I forgot to tell my accountant that I was no longer making the amount of money that I was making. So I had myself on payroll and I was still paying myself payroll, all this money. And my company was paying like $1,500 in taxes per month to have me on payroll because I was saying I was making like $15,000 a month. Like, and I'm like, um, okay, I'm not making that anymore. So we need to like, oh my gosh. And I was paying the accountant still $200 a month to manage. I don't even have a job. Like, what is she managing? I'm paying $200 just because I neglected it. And so every single thing that you do, whether it's business, whether it's financial, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in your health, or in your personal life as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, all of the things that you do stem back from childhood, stem back from what you were taught, what you were shown, and then how you perceived the world and what people did to you. So if people treated you poorly, if people abused you, if people abandoned you, if people labeled you and said, you're stupid, you're worthless, you'll never amount to anything, even if you're like, no, I'm good. Like, I knew that they didn't mean it. I knew that they were broken. It still is on you and it's still suffocating you. Every single thing you do is normal. How someone like you with your wiring in your brain would react if you experienced what you experienced. It, you're not broken. You're not what people said you were. You're not all over the place. You're not indecisive. You're not annoying. You're not lazy. You don't overthink things and overanalyze things. You're not ADD. You're not depressed. You're not anxious. All of those things are just things inside of your head. Not saying they're not real because they are, but that's not who you are. That's in your brain. It's the wiring in your brain. You can, like best news ever, the greatest news is that your brain can be rewired. It absolutely can, but it's so hard to do in our own strength that most people never are able to do it. I don't personally know anyone who did do it, but I'm sure someone out there is doing it. By ourselves, we, we can't do it. We can't change. And so we think we can. One of the biggest lies that I believed was I can have anything I want no matter what it is, I can have it if I just work for it and don't stop. I will get it. I truly believe that. Like in my soul, I can have whatever I want. I can do whatever I want if I want it bad enough and if I keep working for it. Um, newsflash, that's not true. It's God who will tell you if you can have it or not. 
It's if it's God willing. So here I was working so hard because of a limiting belief that I had. It actually was limiting because it was limiting me to the answers. It was limiting me to the possibility of what my actual life could be. And I was holding onto this thought of, if you want it, work for it, you can get it. Just don't stop. And God was like, I never said that. I never, I never said to do that. I said that it's my will. I said that it's me who created you to do something. I already have set you apart. I already have it planned. It's not like, oh, oh, I'm trying to like plan on the fly. Like, oh no, she just quit her job. Now what are we going to have her do? Like, it's already done. It's already like, here's your folder of what your life is going to be, what you are going to do, your impact, who you're going to help, who you're broken for. Like it's all in your file. And we just think that we can either have what we want and we keep working, 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 working for this thing that's we're never going to achieve. And we don't even actually want that thing. We just think we do, but that's not what we want. Like money, we think we want money, but it's, it's not actually money that you want. It's the feeling of money. It's the security. It's the freedom. It's the fun. It's all those things that you're going to feel when you have money. So if you can learn to one surrender to God of this isn't my life. This is your life that you gave me. Help me to do what I need to. It begins your rewiring of your brain of being like, okay, what, what am I here for? Like what trauma did I experience? The best thing I've been thinking about this lately, because I'm in a lot of different, well, last year I was in therapy all year. It was the first time that I'd ever committed to a therapist. I saw a Christian counselor. Um, my goal was to see her all year long. And I started going once a week and then every other week and then once a month. And then I completed my year and I learned so much about myself and uncovered so much trauma and abandonment. And a lot of the answers that I've been seeking for years of why do I do this? Why do I push people away? Why do I lash out at my husband? Why am I bitter? And why do I have unforgiveness? And why do I have resentment and jealousy? The feelings that you have of what you are, if you're a jealous person, if you look at social media and you're jealous of people's lives, you're jealous of maybe the vacations they're on or their family or the way that they dance with their kids on social media or the way they cook dinner or whatever you're jealous of, the way they make their graphics or their clothes that they have, or it's, if that's jealousy in you, that's because of something that's off that you've experienced. So if you can go do the groundwork for yourself, if you can go, go down and it, it sucks and it's hard, it's like all of these things are underground and then you've buried them. So now what's going to happen, you're going to have to like dig them up. Like you don't remember where they are. You're like, I don't even remember where I dug this. Like, I have no idea where to even find it. You are scared of it. <laughs> so you like, don't actually want to do the work, even though you say you want to, and you don't know what to expect of it. You don't know what's going to happen when you dig it up. Is it still alive? Is it going to jump out? Is it going to attack me? Is it, and, and how you think of it is how your brain perceived it from when you were younger or a previous you, which has faded with time. So you don't even really remember a lot of it. And so it feels like, I don't even really remember, like it's not making a big deal in me. I don't even really remember it. Like it, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Like with my abandonment issues of my dad, I just, 
I'm like, who, oh, well, who cares? Like I was ended up being raised by great parents. Like I had a great dad who loved me and was there for me. And I mean, whatever, I was like seven. Like, I don't remember, like it's whatever. It's not a big deal. But when I started praying that God would reveal to me in my heart, the areas that I needed to work on, I just kept having this thought of my biological father. And I'm like, what is this? Like, who cares? Like, who cares? I don't need him. Like I have a dad, I have a mom. Like I, I don't need that. But I just knew I had this like longing where I just couldn't ignore it. I just, I couldn't ignore it. And I knew that it was there. And so God will reveal himself like that. Like Becca just said on here, I took a long social media break for three months because I kept feeling the icky, um, envy, annoying things I kept seeing. So that was great that you felt that, that emotion that you felt Um, Like we said, the jealousy or anything like that, it's like a red flag, like something is off. And so now I'm back on and I can limit myself and become aware of the red flag. You said red flag. That's funny. I didn't even see that the first time. Um, You can become aware of the red flags when to hop off. And whoever needs to hear this, um, I have unfollow days uh, and I do them like, I try to do them like, at first I was doing it like maybe once or twice a week. And then now it's hard to say it's not as often because I do them so much and I'm more like conscious of it. But when that like icky, like gross feeling in social media starts to come up, I just take a few minutes, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes I'll like really get carried away. And I just unfollow people that I don't like the vibe I get when I look at them. Like literally you are allowed to do that. And I'm not saying like, it has to do like, if they're pretty, I'll keep following them. It has nothing to do with their looks. It has to do with like the vibe, like everything. There are some people that have a great message that I know are probably changing the world that are so sweet. Christian women talking about God that when I look at their stuff, I don't like how I feel when I look at it. So I decide to unfollow them. You get to do this. It's your social media. Don't feel like, oh, I can't unfollow her because she's my best friend's mom. And if I unfollowed her, like, first of all, no one knows if you unfollow them, whether it's Facebook or, or Instagram. Like nobody, well, Instagram, I guess, will know if you unfollow them. But you can also hide them so you don't see their stuff um, on both platforms. And Facebook will not tell them if you unfollow them. You can still be their friend and just unfollow them. I don't care if it is if it is your mother. I don't care if it's your brother, if it's your adult children. Unfollow if you have to. You absolutely can do that. If something is making you feel bad, do not look at it. If you feel like you look at someone, like there was this mom that I used to follow She has seven kids. She homeschools all of them. They have this huge, amazing RV, like tour bus. Okay. Like literally like a huge tour bus and they travel all over the United States and homeschool their kids. Like in real life, like this is the grand Canyon. Here's everything. I like literally could cry looking at her stuff. Like I am like, I like want this life. But what I find myself doing is I see her posts of her kids and what she's doing. And I feel this like jealousy, this almost like this judgment 
of her, like, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I love you. I love following you. You're so inspiring. I get like bitter because I'm annoyed that I'm not doing that. And I just kind of like, and it's all my flesh, you know, obviously like our flesh is terrible. How we think and what we do is terrible. We're not supposed to live in the flesh. We're supposed to give it to God and we can't do it in our own strength. Like I can't stop judging people in my own strength. So I have to be like, Lord, help me. Like make me see people through the eyes of you. Make me not be jealous. Make me like you need to be constantly focused on that. But seeing her stuff just had this feeling in me, this like nasty feeling where I'm like, where it almost was like she was like portraying this like perfect life of just look how perfect everything is. Look how great everything is. And then like when my kids would, I'm thinking we have a camper. It's not anywhere near a tour bus. And we have four kids and we're in this camper for a weekend and like everybody's fighting. Everyone's like fighting. They're like irritated with me. I'm like, this was literally supposed to be a family camping trip. Like this sucks. I can't wait to come home. Like everyone's just fighting. Like, but this, this is so great. Or, you know, I won't let my sons like ride by themselves, like up to the camp store. And they're mad at me because everyone else is riding. And, and now I'm a mean mom and now I have mom guilt and I feel bad. And, you know, like all these things. And I'm thinking like, really? Like, you're not going to show any of that. You're not going to show your kids fighting. Oh, so they don't fight. Like your life is just so great with your seven kids and you homeschool and have so much patience and it's so great all the time. Like I just, and I'm like, Oh, like, and then I finally was like, unfollow her, Taryn. Like, why are you following her still? So it's not that you have to unfollow like people that you're against, just unfollow people that pull out anything in you that you don't like, like you can do it. And then remember the red flags of, okay, if this, is this being pulled out of me? Why, why do I feel jealousy and bitterness towards this woman? What is it? And I can't ask, I can't answer that question in my head. When I ask myself things like that, I ask questions a lot like that. Like, why am I reacting this way? Why do I feel jealous? But if I write it down in my journal and I'll write down why am I jealous of this girl on Instagram? God will give me the answer and I can write it down below it. Like it's my own, it's my own voice inside my head, but it's not my own thought. And I ask the question and then like the thought comes in like immediately, like why I'm jealous. And you have to dig deep. You have to uncover these skeletons that you've buried because if you don't, you're going to constantly be wondering where they are. Are they going to hurt me? Is this fear? What if this? And you're never going to overcome it where you no longer believe these things. So to your core, deep, 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 deep down, you still have insecurities. You still have trauma. And the way that you're reacting in your life right now, trying to build something, trying to define your calling, stepping into ministry, stepping out of business, stepping out of a job, stepping out of a relationship, like you're going to need to have a clear head. You're going to need a clean slate. And that's why we give all of our problems to God. And I've been hearing so many people's stories lately where I, I send all my new followers a message and kind of just tell them like what I'm about and ask them to hear about their story. And so many people have the exact same story of it got too hard. There was too much to bear. I couldn't do it anymore. I fell flat on my face, rock bottom. 
gave up and said, God, take it. I can't do this anymore. Had an experience with God. And from that moment, everything changed. Like, like I even thought about um, creating a highlight where I put everyone's stories in there and just like block out their name because the last one I got, I actually made an album in my phone. I'm like, I'm going to do this right now. And I made an album. I took a screenshot. I cropped it. I put it in an album in my phone called Testimonies because every time I get a message, I'm going to start creating this album and I'm going to turn it into a highlight because so many people need to see this is the way it goes. Like it, you, you, you can't be like, oh, the things are amazing if you don't surrender or if you don't get to a point where you have to surrender. Like in my new life, my new life class that I'm enrolled in with my church, the book that we're on right now is called Groundwork. And I just finished the last day today. And that now we start the next book on Monday. And it's a 12 step program. You begin the steps of recovery. And in the book, there was one day this week that was called desperation, the beauty of desperation and how there is so much beauty in that. There's beauty in the breakdown. Old, uh, is it like a My Chemical Romance song? For some reason, Tracy, I feel like you might've listened to music like that. Did you? <laughs> you did? Good. I kind of just like felt that vibe from you. <laughs> um, but Beauty in the Breakdown, I don't know like whoever said that. Um, but maybe it was Blink-182 or something. But it's, um, it's so true. Like you have to break down. You have to hit the bottom. You have to just say like, I'm done. And that doesn't mean like lose your house, get divorced, become a drug addict. Like it's, you'd be surprised at the small amounts of things that are happening that cause you to break down. Overwhelm, burnout, stress, doubting yourself, insecurities, approval of others, being a perfectionist, a control freak, having too much pride, feeling like you're owed something, judging others. All of these things that we have in us, they just need to come out and realize that they're from something. Once you recognize what they are, you can bring them to the light and then you can give them to God and you can start doing the hard work to better yourself. And just like losing weight is so slow, <laughs> like, like day to day you're looking and you're like, I'm literally like, I literally look the same. I, I look worse actually. Like sometimes I feel that I'm like, I've been working out and eating good for two weeks and I literally feel like I look puffier and like rollier than I did two weeks ago. Like, how did this even happen? I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because I'm not going to get results anyway. So like, who cares? I'm just going to eat the cake. I'm just going to stop working out when I don't want to. This is like literally like true thoughts that I have in my head. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why even care? Why even worry? Like, I have way too much joy and food. It's just going to make me happy. Like, I don't care. My husband's happy with how I look. I don't need to be that thin. Like, I'll be fine. And, and it's so sad though, because it's the exact same way with healing. Like when you start walking and healing, like, okay, I'm like a super anxious person. I'm going to start like praying for God to reveal why I'm anxious, pray for healing, pray for the next breadcrumb around anxiety. Like what book should I read? Who should I talk to? What do I need to read in the Bible? What sermon should I hear? Like all of these things, because that's how God's going to deal with you. He's going to teach you what it is inside your spirit is going to be like, 
oh my gosh, this is me. Like, maybe you don't know what's wrong with you. And you just know, like, I have something like deep inside that I need to uncover. When you pray, like God, show me, reveal to me what this is and pray for breadcrumbs to be dropped along the way and then do less. So eliminate distractions. Like don't be running around doing a million things whether you're actually busy or you're not, because sometimes we make ourselves, and this was me, I make myself so busy. Like I have to be doing things all the time, running around saying yes to everyone, going from like school drop-off to coffee with a friend, to lunch with a friend, to going shopping for a kid, to making dinner, to like slow down, start to say no, no to other people and no to yourself. Every time you say yes to someone else, you're saying no to you. So can you call me later? Yeah. Okay. You're saying no to you. Now, should we serve others and show up and be a good friend and make ourselves available to talk on the phone because God's going to use us to help connect to someone else? Yes, of course. We need to be making time and doing that. And you can kind of just feel when you know, like I need to call someone or like, I really just need to answer the phone. So you'll kind of know that on your own, but if you don't pray for these things and you don't pray for the breadcrumbs and you just stay super distracted, you're never going to hear your answer. Like think of being in a city versus being in Hawaii. Has anyone been to Hawaii? No. Okay. Someone listening to this ha has been in Hawaii. Okay. Becca has been. Yes. I spoke it. Okay. So, and if you're listening to the recording, I'm sure there's a lot of you that have been to Hawaii, but Oh, and Alicia has. Okay, so I went to Hawaii a couple years ago. And the most incredible thing I experienced was island living, like island time. Okay, like that was the thing. Like everyone's on island time. And I'm like, what the heck is island time? <laughs> like, what is island time? Like you just do what you want when you want? Yeah, <laughs> actually it is. And nobody is in a hurry. The, I went to Oahu and the speed limit on the expressways is 65. Nobody was going over 55 and the speed limit is 65. And I'm not kidding. I swear to you, this is a true story. I was in the car with my sister who had lived there. She was in the Coast Guard and I was driving the car and I was like, oh my gosh, these people are going so slow. Like get out of my way, dude. Like move. You're in the fast lane. Get out of the lane. You're in the HOV lane. Like you don't even have anyone in your car, like move over. Like I had this in me and she like grabbed my arm and she was like, we're on Island time. Nobody even goes to speed limit. And that's when I was like, are you serious? It took me like two days to like, okay, okay. We're on Island time. Like truly live in Island time. And when I came home, it was the saddest, worst experience coming home from a vacation because everyone here in my state, even though I live in the country and Michigan is very, you know, very like woodsy and there's some cities, but mostly our state's very, you know, landish and, and um, I still came home and was like, what is going on? Like all of these people just had a different spirit, like go, go, go hustle, get out of my way, move over, get out of here. 
And I just remember hating being back. Like, I don't want to live here. And also what's interesting is that our brains, so the same part of our brain that holds on to to-do lists, so your short-term memory part of your brain that's thinking like, oh yeah, don't forget, I have to feed the dogs and then I have to drop off her project at school. And then, oh yeah, I was going to make that for dinner. I have to call the dentist. I have to make that appointment. Or maybe you're at work and you're like, yeah, I have to text my boss. I have to send that email. I need to work on this project or, you know, whatever it is that you're thinking in your to-do list that you're holding on is the exact same part of your brain that also makes decisions. And that really sucks because if your brain is clouded and it's so heavy because of your to-do list and all the short-term memory things that you're trying to remember, your brain doesn't want to make decisions that take a long time. And so what it does is the logical sense of your brain, when you're making a decision that's like, should I eat cake or should I eat fruit salad? Like I just learned this in the book. They actually did this study where they gave people a set of numbers and half of the group, they gave them two numbers to memorize. And the other half of the group, they gave them seven numbers to memorize. And they had to memorize them for a little bit. And then they had them walk into a room where they were going to have to write down the number that they had to memorize. And right before they walked into the room, they were given two options, chocolate cake or fruit salad. Everyone who had two numbers to remember chose fruit salad. And everyone who had seven numbers to remember chose chocolate cake because it's the same part of your brain that's like trying to remember. And so when it's like, oh, what do you want? The logical part of your brain that's like, I'm going to pick the fruit salad if that's better for me. It doesn't have time to even make that decision because you need to make a decision faster. So you're like chocolate cake, let's go. And numbers, I need to remember three, five, seven, and you don't even think. So it's directly connected where people live in Hawaii. Like there is just not food like there is in Michigan. Like here in Michigan, it's like the worst food that you could ever pick, like for you, like tons of meats and fattening food and fried food and a fast food restaurant, like at every single corner. And the gas stations have just all kinds of crap, processed food, donuts, everything in packaging. And, and in Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaii like doesn't have stuff like that. Like their gas stations are coconut water, bubbly teas, kombucha, right in the tap that you can get at all these places. Like if you're a health food nut, you would go to Hawaii and not even come home because you just cannot even believe that the way that these people live versus how we live, it's so backwards. You go into coffee shops, everything's organic. You go into a little sub shop, salad shops, everything's organic. You can add all kinds of seeds and sprouts and juices. And they have like the healthiest things that you could ever have. Also, Hawaii is a state that has the least amount of obesity in their state. And when polled, Hawaii was a state that was voted one of the happiest states in the country. Why? They're not distracted with go, 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 having all of this on their to-do list. They're making better choices. They're living in the spirit. They're living in the present moment. They've slowed down. They figured out the key to life, like surfing, sitting on the beach, watching sunsets, going for walks jumping off a rock into the waterfall, like they are experiencing life 
and you can experience life in your town. I can choose to experience life in Michigan because I can talk about all the crappiest things about this state, but I can also tell you about the amazing things that I've been able to figure out that this state has since I stopped living in that like angry spirit, like road rage and being irritated with people. And I realized that when I drive, I have this like nasty energy in me. And I never realized the energy in me. And, and I didn't know that I was in control of this energy. I just kind of thought I was like a victim to it. Like I would get in a bad mood and I knew I was in a bad mood, but I'd be a prisoner there. And now I've learned how to get out of those energetic states. Like I need to remove myself from other people and like neutralize. Like, okay, I need to like be in my room by myself for a minute, or I need to leave the house and change my energy. Um, I need to choose less things that make my energy bad. Like if I drink alcohol the next day, I have this like anxious feeling in me, this like irritability. Um, and I know that it's from drinking because I've, I've learned that over time. So if I choose to drink less, then I'll have less experiences of that energy. Um, same thing with like overspending. If I'm spending a bunch of money, I then have this like this like buyer's remorse feeling, this like lack of control. Like I shouldn't have done that. Oh my gosh, no, what did I do? And so I'm like, well, if I just spend less money like that, make less emotional purchases, and I have a 24-hour rule now where if I really, 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 really want something, I do not buy it until I wait 24 hours. Like I'm at the mall, I see something I have to have. I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. 24 hour rule, Taryn. If you want it, you can come back tomorrow. Like you're not doing it right now. And so I've had to learn that over time. But one of the things that I realized when I checked my energy and I changed it when I quit working in August is really when I was like, I'm going to focus on my energy is driving was a huge thing for me where I feel like so rushed. And I also used to be a person that was late to everything. I was always late. I was late on calls. I was late to appointments. I was late to school. I was late to my mom's house. I was late to anything. It doesn't matter. I was late. I was at least five minutes late, sometimes 10, sometimes 15. And then what caused me to, when I was late, then I was driving like so crazy and like, get out of my way, move. Like, gosh, stupid, like go. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I am like this loving, sweet soul of a person all the time. I am human. I am flesh. I get an, I get an attitude at the grocery store when the line is long and the cashier is slow. And I'm like, listen, this is why we don't come here. Okay. I like tell my kids that like loud enough for people to hear me. That's embarrassing that I act like that. What? Daddy just pulled in the driveway. Yeah. Yeah, he has a key. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, but like, that's embarrassing. I'm not proud of that. That is something I need help with. That is something I need to change. That is something I need to work on. So if I can recognize my energy and like, what am I thinking right now? What is my emotional state? How am I feeling? And how can I change this? driving is just a choice to be like, no, I, even when I'm not in a rush, I'm driving, like I'm in a rush. Like I always was a person who would speed everywhere I go, I would speed. And I just thought that that was me. Like I like a badge of honor. Like I was like, oh no, I always go fast. I'm always like going so fast and speeding. Like I'll get you there quick. Like, come on, let's go. I'll drive. And then I realized that I was like kind of embarrassed that I thought that that was cool. 
because me always being like a fast driver, the energy that it creates inside of me and then inside of my car of being like stressed out and like whipping in and out and being irritated with people like get out of my way. I don't like that person that I am when I experience that inside of me. So the only thing it took for me to change was to recognize I feel like that every time I get in the car and decide that we're leaving 10 minutes early. So if we need to leave at 1.30, we're leaving at 1.20. And I set an alarm in my house. So it goes off on Alexa at 1.20. And then I'm like, let's get in the car, let's go. And then we end up being a little bit early. And then I choose to release that energy that I feel when I'm driving. Like I'm not, no, we're not in a hurry. I don't care. I'll drive in the middle lane. I'll drive in the slow lane. Like we're not in a hurry. And I'll just try to list gratitudes as I drive and see people and pray for them. Like see a homeless person outside and I'll be like, Lord, pray for this man that he has somewhere to go tonight. And someone, someone helps him and gives him something that he needs. And I just try to like shift my focus to being present while I'm driving present with my kids in the car too, of talking to them. And then, you know, all of that changes, but yes, Tracy. I just wanted to say, like, I had to learn the same thing. So with my daughter, I was a different parent than I am with my son. Obviously Liam having special needs, I've learned to do a lot of adapting, but like, you know, that come on, get your shoes on. Let's go get your coat on. Like, blah, 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 blah. You know? And you're just like walking out the car, you're strapping them in. Cause you're like, get in quick run, like sit down, you know, all of the things. And you're like getting them in and then you're driving and you're in a rush and you're in a hurry. Well, Liam doesn't, oh, let me put my hand down. That's annoying. Oh, Liam doesn't, um, <laughs> uh, he doesn't adapt well to rushing. So I've had to learn to like pull it back or else for him, when he starts having like an overwhelming, like meltdown, it's kind of like a sensory overload of rush. It ruins the entire day. Like, so I have to pull back and be like, buddy, don't worry. Cause he'll be like, you're telling me too many things. I'm like, I asked you to get your shoes on and your coat. <laughs> like that's two things, you know? And he's like, but I have to get this and this. I said, no, let's just do shoes and coat. And if he starts overwhelming, I have to back off and be like, we're not in a hurry. We're not rushing. Don't stress about it. And I've had to learn. And it's actually taught me what you're saying to kind of just like set the timer to get out earlier, try to, you know, figure things out the night before if I need to, because once he starts melting down on it, it becomes a whole entire like hour long thing. Mm -hmm. So I just, rushing is a huge, is a huge thing. There was a mom at the school this morning and she like, she didn't even wait in the drop-off line. She like flew in through the parking lot the other way and like stopped and let her kid out and like had her cross where we all were, which you're like not supposed to do that. But she like flew in, like stopped, her daughter got out of the car and then her daughter was like walking across me. So I was waiting for her daughter, you know? And she, the mom was like, go, go, go. And the daughter like looked at her and she like, the mom like beeped her horn at the daughter and was like, go, go, go faster. Was like yelling, but all the windows were up. And the daughter turned around and she was like, what what like she wasn't hearing and the mom like go go and the dog what like so she was like the mom was like so frustrated because she the daughter wasn't like going fast enough so that I didn't have to wait and like you know she was flying through and I just started laughing because I was like oh my like I've been there like I get it and I like waved at the mom and I was like it's okay it's okay she's like I'm so sorry like she just looked like just so like oh my gosh 
And then as I was pulling out, I was like, couldn't stop laughing because how, like, how that is so true as a parent, like, go, come on. And they like, are like, what, what, what? But I'm realizing that like that, the way that now that daughter started her day at school is all because they were rushed. Why were you rushed? I didn't wake up in time. Why didn't you wake up in time? I stayed up too late scrolling on Instagram. Why did you stay up too late scrolling on Instagram? Because I was obsessed with trying to grow my brand because I wanted to make more money. Like you can go back and see like now we're rushed and my daughter is having a hard time at school and I made the energy in the car all crazy and we were yelling this morning all because of something that I could have avoided. So really like going back and chipping it down is like, is one of the best things I ever did to be like, stop, stop this anger. How do I have to stop it? Cause really we just react. We're just bigger kids. We react to what happens around us. You know, everyone in the house starts yelling. You start yelling, you start getting mad. Like it's, it is all the same. We are just big kids and we can learn to change it. And by us changing, we can teach our kids how to change it. But yeah, I just, I could relate so much to her and just rushing. And now we're never late. Like I'm really not late anywhere and I don't feel rushed and I don't feel late. And I don't, we don't have like the get out of the house hustle. Even if all four kids are here on a church morning, like we don't even hustle on the mornings for church. Church mornings used to be the worst. We would all be yelling, screaming, mad, get to church. Like, and that was awful. And it was just a choice. So you have a lot more power than you even think that you do, like way more power than you think, but we'll have an amazing weekend. If you've been avoiding some energy leaks, maybe dive into those. If there's things that are bothering you that you need to get done. Um, it's supposed to be really nice weather here in Michigan. So maybe if you're anywhere near me, the weather will be nice for you. Maybe, hopefully, um, and just get some stuff done, but we'll be back here on Monday to talk mindset um if anyone needs anything let me know i love you and i believe in all of you okay bye thank you for listening and spending your morning with me i pray that god blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life lord help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own we know we cannot do this on our own although we try please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us we love you so much in jesus's holy name amen have a blessed day thanks for being here Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.